this is Benny Bloss, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Best one out there. What's up, guys? It's Cooper Webb, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? We're doing a uh, impromptu podcast from Dallas the night before Arlington 2. Brought to you by Cherubies USA. For decades, the Cherubies have been the leader in motoplastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. Cherubies has what you need. Visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Foley and Talon Volan know what's up that you listen to the Moto X-Pod show. So I got in the hotel room, not in the studio, Mr. Cade Clayson. What up, dude? Dark side, I'm here. You're here. I didn't know if we were friends anymore. We hadn't talked since I, I took your job for a week. Well, and uh, we're always friends. I mean, I, you just never, we never, you never hit me up anymore. And There's I was worried that you were jealous about how good of a job I did. I, I was a little bit. You, I thought you were going to, if you weren't so busy with racing, he probably, Steve would have probably given you the wrap up show. I mean, I, I could always use the extra cash flow. <laughs> it's, and it's a lot, dude. It's a lot. It's a big budget. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, in the, in the room here from Phoenix racing, Mr. Kyle Peters. What up, dude? What's going on guys? How I much guys? appreciate you guys coming over. Uh, a Ray was going to come, but he, he bailed for some other cool show. Guy. Cool guy, bro. Yeah. Some swap moto live. I'm, I don't know. Something like that. Never heard of ever. Yeah, exactly. It's no, it's no moto X-Pod show. We're also brought to you by X brand goggles, torque one racing, shock socks, all sport dynamic wrist braces, blood lubricants, fly racing, power band racing, berm lords, graphics, and jersey ID, R jerky from the Wageman brothers, extreme colors, helmet painting, and Williams Moto Works, all on board with the Moto X Pod show. Well, Kyle, man, uh, so you were on Pulp recently. You were hoping for a, a you know podium or top five. You were, I think, running to like seventh and I guess had a crash. Uh, at, yeah. at Arlington one, yeah, Arlington one, um, definitely didn't go to plan. Yeah. wasn't wasn't really feeling it all day. Uh, just struggling a little bit, and then uh, it was like they were saying before, the track position was kind of what you needed to have, um, and I did not execute on either of those starts, <laughs> so that really hurt me. And then I ended up getting taken out um, really early into the main, and just Mike was all bent up and yeah. worked my way up to twelfth, I believe. Yeah, twelfth uh, is what you finished. Yeah. Not very good. <laughs> Who took you out? Uh, Mitchell Harrison. Oh well, man, I had Mitchell in fantasy, so <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad at him right now. You could be mad at him, but how do you feel about fantasy and the fans and the media guys at play and checking in on? Hey, how are you feeling tonight? How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's super cool. Um, yeah, I, I myself have never played. Um, just kind of don't, don't really have the time. Sure, don't make the time. I should say. So, uh, I think it's really cool though. Um, you kind of 
pick who you want to pick, pick your favorite riders, and and hope they do well. So uh, it's kind of like betting a little bit. A little bit. Oh, there's lots cool of betting it. that goes on. Oh, yeah, there's, there's there bets going on in the press box. Parabinos and Mathis had I a think, little bit. I lost. And I believe, Kyle, I think you were involved in that. It was, yeah, who was going to finish better, you or Alex Martin, if I'm not mistaken? Parabinos had you. And, of course, yeah. Mathis was on the troll train. Wow. And, and yeah, Parabinos won a little bit of money off that. Yeah, sorry, sorry troll. <laughs> <laughs> Cade, you don't love fantasy, as I recall. Like, no, you, I love it. I, I thought you didn't like hearing about it as no, I don't like it when people like I had a dude on one of my posts start shitting on Jerry and I started to call him out. I was like, yeah. and I was like, dude, just like, why you gotta do it? And then he went back and deleted everything. Oh yeah, and sure. So, I mean, as long as people are like cool about it, um, but I love playing. Like I played all last year and it's like when I was playing outdoors and I finally like started to understand the game, right? Uh, I started to be good and how much time it takes to actually be good. And I was like, I can't play and race. So, Yeah, I hear you. It does take a lot of time, and especially if you're a guy like Parabinos. Those guys are doing so much research. And I sort of just look at how they finished last week, how they qualified, who's in which heat, because don't, you don't want everybody in the same heat. And then I go with it. And inevitably, everything goes south for me. Like, I, I think I had uh, – who did I have this week? that A couple guys killed me and just didn't finish. Uh, oh, Ferrandis. I had Dylan Ferrandis. And that's every week, you know. I mean, I somebody I pick does not finish, but I'm not one of those guys that gets like really mad. I just get I get a little bummed out, but whatever. <laughs> um, okay, nineteenth, I think. Yeah, this is three weeks in a row. No, uh, two. So four out of four out of six. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. But but it's been getting better, man. I mean, like the season didn't start anywhere near how you wanted it to, obviously. Um, but it's getting better. What's what's been the improvement? Is it mindset or is it? No, the first two rounds, um, the first round I had really bad starts and I crashed in the first turn or the second turn at the first race and the first turn at the second race in the LCQ. So you can't really do that. And uh, once my starts, once I figured the starts out, it's just been a lot better and I put myself in good positions and just make it happen really uh, trying to be aggressive and uh, just believe in myself a little bit. Talk about that LCQ because... It, it was it was god awful terrifying dude yeah and at the end like brock was coming and we everybody started bunching up on that last lap and we were like oh shit something's yeah. about to happen i was like if there was one more turn in that race i probably would not have made the main um but yeah i, I was jumping through the whoops with two to go and uh right when i got to the end of the whoops my front end kind of gave out and i was like holy shit did my tire just go flat Sure enough, next turn, did the same thing. Obviously figured out that uh, it was flat. And, uh, yeah, from then on, I just went into full panic, uh, panic mode, trying <laughs> to just, like, I would go straight into berms, go up to the powder, and just plow into it and carve out of it right. if I could. And uh, I would, like, when I'd triple in the rhythm sections, I'd get, like, this wallowy feeling where my front end would go, like, side to side. If you go back and, like, watch my front end closely the last two laps, it's like scary, right? Right. <laughs> how, yeah. how sketchy I was actually getting, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was just stoked. I got a good start and uh, was able to just kind of do my thing. And then I had some bike issues in the main. We're not really sure what happened, but they just rebuilt my whole motor, and uh, so we should be good to go for tomorrow. So, just so you know, it's every time you it picks it up. Just so if you're listening, yeah, Kate, just, Kate is I'm he, he talks slapping with his hands in frustration. Like he's, he's slapping the armchair of the. The, the the arm of the arm the chair anyway arm of the armchair yeah the arm of the armchair um the track man Kyle at, like it looked kind of cool when you first saw it 
didn't seem very great for racing. Like there was just nowhere to make up time. Really, there was nothing to separate different ability levels or you know maybe I'll you know I'll do something different here. It's pretty just fast, and that's all there was to it. For sure, it was uh, it was a weird style um, for myself. I didn't really mesh with it very well, um, but you know that's that's how it goes sometimes. And and yeah, it was really tough to pass. So you really had to be aggressive, um, as we saw on TV and uh, with with it all day. Really, yeah, um, you really had to go in there and and hit, really just hit someone to kind of get around them. But but yeah, I I didn't really mesh with the track. Um, there wasn't too many places to make up time. Yep, you, you just had to ha- really just send it and, <laughs> and and do what you could. But uh, no, overall, um, I'm pumped uh, to move on to Tuesday and and get, to get that ball rolling. Yeah, I'm curious to how many changes. I haven't looked at the track map, but how many? Ch- usually on the Tuesday race, they'll reverse the direction, change a couple little things here and there, but that's it. But like even the rhythms Saturday night, there was a couple different options for the 450 guys if you really want to go for it. Like at the at the far end of the stadium, a couple guys were triple tripling, but it wasn't any faster, so it didn't really yeah. matter. And then after the whoops, I think Mookie was like. Three four, yeah, and that might have been a little bit faster, but it wasn't enough, and it wasn't something you could do every lap where you could really make a difference. And then, I mean, Kate, I don't think you were going to go three three probably at the end. Uh, the three three wasn't that bad, but it, it was bad. just like you but could I'm go sorry. inside two three really easily, yeah. and it was the same speed, right? And the other rhythm was massive, <laughs> and like I was watching the A guys do it, and Eli wasn't doing it, and he was going just as fast as sure. those guys, and I'm like, well. It's not really necessary. Yeah. So what do you guys think about what could they do, Cade, on the tracks? And I want Sean Brennan from Feld's going to come on here in about 10 minutes or so. Um, like, what could they do to make the racing better? Like, so that it's not 45, 47-second lap times. Maybe just make it where there is more passing. Is there anything that you can see? Like, I think more dirt is a key, and that might be part of the issue this year is budget-wise, they're using less dirt. And that's something I want to ask him. I don't know that for a fact, but just what do you think? What would make it better racing? So I figured out when, like, we were in Houston, the first two tracks had really long lanes mm-hmm. um, where the last track, they kind of shortened the lanes a little bit and added, like, an end lane that was, like, a 90, and then you'd go down to a 180, go back into another 90. And that added so much time to the track, like, because it shortened the lanes, so you're not doing the rhythm so fast. Yeah, yeah. And... And then, like, it adds two more lanes, basically, to the track instead of having all the lanes just a little bit longer. Uh, I think that makes a big difference. And just more technical rhythm sections that can space guys out. Like, I don't need to be able to do all the rhythms, but I think Eli and Kenny and Coop should be able to do these massive rhythms that, you know, separate them themselves from everybody else. And then even, like, guys from me to the guys behind me, like, I wish there was more things to just break us up because it's so... Like when I'm jumping a quad on the second lap because it's so easy, yeah, something's wrong. Right. So I that's my only thing is like the track the other night was just way too easy, and that's what everyone said right off the bat. What about you, Kyle? Any thoughts on it? Uh, I don't like that's a really good question. Like what they could do differently to to really make it better. If it was um, easy, they 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 would do it. For I mean, sure. It's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean to make difficult rhythms is one thing, but also, you have to take in the mind, like, of of everyone's, uh, like, so let's just say if Tomac or Kenny or, or somebody does a rhythm, like, usually a 250 is going to try it. Yeah, usually, yeah. Usually, like, sure. we're just like, all right, they can do it. Like, surely we 
have the opportunity <laughs> to try to make it. Or at least get close. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, man, I don't really know what they could do differently. Um, they definitely messed up yesterday or on Saturday. They left way too much open space on that floor. Dude, there's an entire lane between the whoops and the scoring tower. Yeah. Like, and JT crazy. brought that up in the press box and – it's like, yeah, there's so much more they could have done there. Yeah, like the start should have been different and yep. you, like utilized that space. And then there was just so much wasted space. And like there was so much space from like the the edge of the rhythm to the wall as well. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a requirement that they have to be so far from the wall. But I feel like it was more space than normal on the sides as well. It, it seemed that way. And 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 J, they, Steve and JT talked about this on the review show uh, yesterday or whatever day they did it. And, you know, Steve's pretty adamant. It's less dirt. JT doesn't really know. He just feels like this has been a trend. But, like, it would take – you think how much more dirt it would take to build an entire another lane of section. I mean, that's a lot of dirt. Now, they, I feel like they wasted a lot of dirt with the two walls. That's just a lot of dirt. For sure. Um, I mean, it was kind of cool that they were trying something a little different, I thought. But I really am curious to see what Sean's going to say. And I, I know he'll he'll give the, the politically correct answer because he works for Feld. He probably – He's a very politically correct person. Yeah, he is. But – I don't know, man. Like, I forget where I was going with this. Okay, so during practice on press day, I was sitting there watching everybody second lap. And, of course, all those guys are so talented. All you guys are talented. They're just jumping everything, and there's, like, no struggle to jump the rhythms. Like the the um, Hep Suzuki's, like Max Anstey, his RPMs felt like they were at zero. The whole rhythm section is just roop, roop, roop. Nothing to it. Like, I don't know. There's, it has to be. That's boring. Like, it was just a flow, like, in a video game. Like, I want to see more walls. I don't know. I know you guys hate the walls, but something that you got to slow down and you got to have some technique, more corners, shorter lanes. I don't like the full rhythm lane, like, the full length of the stadium yeah. at all. Well, like, if you think about the the rhythm right where, like, the start came on, mm-hmm. it was, like, yeah, yeah. on-off. Yep. You had no choice but to go on-off there because they made the lip all the way across because you're going over a five-foot. A berm. Well, why not take the lip off the outside of it, make that rolled so you can go oh, over yeah, yeah. three, two, and then, or you do, just take the whole thing off because we can't go on-off over a five-footer like that. Like We yeah. could barely go on-off of it with the lip. So if you change that rhythm just a little bit, you're adding one to two seconds right there just by changing how we jump the rhythm section. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because instead of like, cause on off is so fast. Like if you time an on off versus going like over double, mm-hmm. it's probably almost a second. Yeah. But I guess cause you're in the air more. Yeah. So otherwise, um, do the track builders on back in the day, like on press day, I've heard that the track builders would talk to the Chad reads and the top guys like, how's this work? You know, and they, they would have, they would take their influence a little bit and maybe change something. Have you guys ever been asked or had any influence been listened to about, can we change this? This would be cooler. This would be different. Kyle? Uh, me personally, no. I've kind of been around and and overseen, like Reed, come, go up to the track guys and stuff. Or uh, I think I maybe saw uh, Kenny or Coop go, go do it one day. Yeah. Um, but me personally, no. So I I can't really say. <laughs> sure. I'm just curious. You know, like, those guys are, I, I don't know how the tracks get built all the way through. Like somebody's got to draw it up. Then they go try to build it, but like, does is there anybody ever sitting there on the drawing board, you know, going, let's do something completely different? You know, you you go back to the '80s where the track, obviously, the bikes didn't have the same power, and everything was awkward. Even some of the jumps were just awkward. Like when you see them jump, they jump straight up in the air to to make a little double, slowed them down so much. 
but that gives you a chance to to block past somebody, and then maybe they don't make the triple because the bikes are so so much horsepower. I mean, this is a timeless argument. But no, I, I totally agree. I think like the awkwardness creates separation, and yeah. that's what people want in a track. Yep. Uh, I don't really think that many people watching the race on Saturday were like, "Dang, this track is." creating great racing because no one was moving forward or backwards. Like in reality, you want to see a race where Kenny can start 10th and catch Cooper. Possibly, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I always think back to the track that Pastrana designed. Oh in yeah. 2009. Yep, yep. Was that and it was like, uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. Yep. And just how crazy technical it was. And like, there was always weird options. Like guys were going dragons back, roll double, or dragons back triple, or, you know, it was really cool to just see all the options. And I feel like these dudes are talented enough to be able to do stuff like that. And they're just being held back by limitations. So, yeah, I think you're, you're probably right. Um, like I don't, does anybody, Kyle, do you think that any fan that shows up other than maybe the guys that see a commercial on TV and decide to go, does anybody really care about a triple anymore? Like the kid, you know, it's, it's not that exciting anymore. Yeah, for sure. Take them out. Um, I don't need a triple. <laughs> it doesn't need to be a triple. Just make it a double. We all jump it anyway. Right, right. Yeah, or or something. I don't know. I wish like I like the over unders. I love those. I I think every track should have an over under. Yeah, yeah. They can they and they're super technical sometimes. When we're coming into them super fast, the backside of them are pretty sharp, and to really get that thing clean and and power down it is you can make up a lot of time. Yeah, every time, of course. I'm very untalented on a motorcycle. So when I see a guy that doesn't quite get all the way over and clip it, I'm like, oh, he's going over the bars. And you guys never do. I'm like, how? Like, I'd be dead. I'd be off. Like, I'd probably go off the side, which I think we've seen once or twice. But I don't know, man. You guys uh, just. Do you remember when Sealy jumped off the side of it? Yeah, that's who I think it was. In like 2014? Yeah, right. He was on Factory Honda? Scary. Or who was it at the Mudder in Vegas? Uh,. Aldridge? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was Aldridge. Yeah. But it, it adds a little excitement. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't but, know. Did I mean, our A-Rod trainer... like Sky one, or was that the finish line? Like, last year, he, he launched something. I thought it was a over-under, but maybe not. But, like, Brandon always, our trainer, talks about, like, how I think it can add, like, a whole lane if you put one of those in. Right, yeah. So, I think that, that right there adds a lot of diversity that you can do in a track alone. Yeah, well, maybe we'll ask Sean about that too. I don't know how much he knows about the track building. I've had one of the track builders on before, but I didn't, I didn't ask him that question. Um, all right, so we got about eight minutes before we get Sean on. Both of you guys are basically privateers. I mean, you you, you ride on teams, you know, but you know, you're not making millions of dollars, right? You're not. Your hotels probably aren't getting paid for. Some of this stuff's a lot of this, I assume, coming out of your pockets. Um, you know, Mathis was kind of surprised at what you made at arena cross is an undefeated champion of the kicker arena cross series this 20 year. and oh bro 20 and oh that that is impressive i mean he, he's I, I assume you don't listen to the pulp stuff all the time but he was joking on the review show that they were talking about eli tobak and he's like well he's never done that <laughs> you know he so kyle peters has done that only kyle peters has done that but dude you're talking to two time over here i know yeah two times undefeated it's pretty impressive, dude. Nah, I mean, I'm pumped on it. It was yeah. uh, it was a really great arena cross season. Uh, the Phoenix Race Honda team has been unreal. Um, gave me a bike that that was the best one out there. So, and and yeah, we put in the work. So uh, I'm pumped to at where we came out with it all, and uh, looking forward to hopefully keep it going. How were the fans at those things? Super cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's a little bit different. They have amateur racing yep. basically all day with us. Um, so the tracks are pretty mellow yeah, um, yeah. for the amateurs and whatnot. And then it's more of like a kind of laid back uh kind of kind of amateur style race sure um, yeah you can you get uh you're parked with all the amateurs you're, you they can come up talk to you whenever it's it's uh it's really it's, fun it's like a barn cross yeah. yeah yeah our show is we're somewhat tied in with the other the hoosier arena cross series okay, which yeah. is similar those guys come on every year and talk to us and I, they come to mesquite right down the road here and i've got a lot of friends that sign up for the like the amateur stuff, and oh, I yeah. just decided I'm out, man. Again, I'm just, <laughs> no talent. I, I the older I get, the the worse I am at riding motorcycles. But it's it's always fun going to those things, and the fans really seem to dig it. They like being able to get close to the riders for sure. Yeah, especially with Supercross this year, like you can't get close to anybody. You can't. No. You can't talk to anybody. It, it's kind of a bummer. But I, I just still want to get to you guys about the the privateer stuff. But um, let's pause this for a minute. We'll get Sean Brennan on. Talk to him for a few minutes. Talk to you guys about being privateers and uh, wrap this up. Let you guys go get some food or something. Cool. All right. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercamp. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull Factory KTM. Bastion Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hair and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hair and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Ada Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X Brand, then f- you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock On Grips today. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust Blood Lubricants in our machines, so you can too. 
Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurnMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, 
They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AcherbyUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto S. Pajo sent you. All right, on the phone with us now, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which we created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, side-by-sides, or even sprint cars, Blood Lubricants has what you need. Visit bloodlubricants.com, and once again, let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Uh, now on the phone from Feld Entertainment, Mr. Sean Brennan. What up, dude? Hello, boy, from your neck of the woods. Here we are. Yeah, man, the home race. I am so blessed that with this uh, amended type of schedule that six of the races were in my home state because it worked out perfect for me. Well, it really did. I I can't think of any individual that probably has benefited the most or (laughs) has been in the most advantageous situation. position with all of this right yeah absolutely and i'm thinking about the next saturday race uh coming up in a few days like I, i'm pretty sure weege is not going to make it i know mathis is going home i might be the only media guy here um man and i i don't really care about bananas though sean so you don't have to bring any saturday well uh, bananas you seem to like the turkey sandwich though that was so good that's still that's <laughs> That's still good on the menu. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. That was uh, that was really appreciated. Steve has his race tech rant, and all of a sudden, there's coffee and food in the press box. I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess one of his rants worked. Uh, I, I pay attention. Yeah, I try to pay attention. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sean, and I did have a I had I had a long talk with Wagon. You know, Wagon is now over two on post race press conferences as well. And, you know, he, he has had probably the longest streak of consistent, you know, press conferences. So I did tell him how disappointed I was. And I might have to pull his credentials. So <laughs> it, it might just be you up there. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was out doing the GNCC thing and uh, had no signal. He, he missed. He said he had a ton of texts that came through that he missed. And, yeah, just very unusual <laughs> for Jason. It is very unusual for Jason, right? Yeah. Well, Sean. So if we're uh, we're a little over halfway now in the season. Um, fans, I think, are, are have gotten somewhat more used to what's going on. Uh, talk about how you know at Houston, people were a little uh, unsure of what was going to happen. They they you know there was some rules with getting into the stadium a little later than normal, and they were unhappy. Uh, I feel like at Dallas, at least, it seemed like everybody was pretty damn excited. Yeah, no, it's in, you know, it's, you know, 10, 10 rounds versus, you know, one and two, right? Uh, big, big difference. Um, but yeah, to your point, my goodness, the weather here is gorgeous. Today is a beautiful day. Uh, and I think that, you know, the fans are a little more, I think we're in a different spot. I think every day and every week that we move forward, you know, we're going further into the sunlight and away from, <laughs> Uh, the pandemic, if you will, you know, I, and I so. think, you know, when we first, when we first started in early January, I mean, there was still a lot of uncertainty. So, you know, for us to get through those rounds, uh, the way that we did, uh, and, you know, a big shout out. I know that Kane and Kyle are on here. Um, and, you know, the, the bubble is working. 
The testing is working. There isn't an athlete that's in the championship run that is sitting at home on a COVID list somewhere. So a huge testament to what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, big thanks to all of the athletes and the teams uh, for understanding and, you know, and doing what has been asked of them and for the fans for understanding. You know, we certainly, you know, realize that it is much different. The atmosphere is different. Uh, pod seating inside the stadium is much different. You know, you've got Kyle and Kate on here. They don't have as many, you know, uh, friends and family that are able to come in because we are still at, you know, a limited capacity at every round. Um, but my goodness, we are moving forward. We're all racing. The industry is moving forward. Uh, and that's a huge, huge positive thing for all of us. But again, back to your original point, you know, race one, two, and three in Houston, my goodness, that almost feels like it was six months ago, but it wasn't, <laughs> right. yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> There was some, uh, you know, I would say confusion at the beginning with FanFest, which we have corrected. Uh, we actually corrected at the third round there in Houston. Uh, so when you attend FanFest now, uh, the stadium is open. You can go back and forth in between, uh, you know, qualifying as well as FanFest. Uh, the very first round, we were not doing that, but we did uh, end up correcting that. So, if fans are, you know, coming out and they want to uh, come to FanFest uh, for, you know, today or tomorrow and Saturday and the remaining rounds, uh, know that they will have that same type of access between FanFest and the stadium like they're used to. Yeah, and I, I, I heard a lot of people say that, you know, they were texting me like, hey, what time can I get in? And, you know, I think they were pretty stoked to get in and get to watch these guys practice because, you know, a lot of these families, they make a whole day of it. Uh, being in the pits at the Fan Fest, getting to get autographs in the past is a big, big part of it. But since you can't do that so much this year, being inside and watching all the action during practice and watching these guys figure out the course is a highlight of the day for some of those guys, you know. So it's really cool that they get to be in there. Um, we were talking before you got on about the track layouts and different things. And this, at Arlington 1, there was this huge wide lane in between the whoops and the scoring tower that kind of were like, as a fan and even probably as the riders are like, man, I wish there was another lane there. What goes into <laughs> that? What is it like this year is dirt and bringing dirt in and the budget of what that costs an issue. Has that been cut back? Is there anything that you could tell us about that side of it? No. Uh, meaning that we're, we're, we're never going to sacrifice the amount of dirt from a, a budget standpoint. You know, David Prater, David Prater has a famous quote that, you know, the saying dirt, you know, dirt cheap. It really isn't and shouldn't <laughs> be a saying because dirt is not cheap. <laughs> no, no, it's the most expensive but part probably other than the stadium it is, itself. It is what it is one of the most expensive parts, but. You know, with us doing triple headers uh, and being able to tack on Monster Jam events either on the front end or the back end, that has really made the process uh, very efficient for us. But now we have plenty of dirt here uh, in Dallas, and, and and no, that is something that you know we really you know wouldn't. I mean, if we need more dirt, uh, you know. What, what a lot of folks probably don't understand is that there is a shelf life of dirt, you know. Uh, Kate and, and Kyle probably understand that. You probably understand that 
uh, as, as a rider, but typically about seven years is the shelf life for dirt. So we're always on the hunt for more uh, and are always in a position if we need more uh, that there is stuff, you know, available as well. Okay. Well, that's what I was curious about. So I appreciate you answering that. Uh, another question I have with these guys here, um, press day, especially for, oh boy. yeah, especially for guys oh that I, I, I did. Consider- I promise I did not tell him to ask you this question. I don't even you know what this question going. is, but I promise I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with this question. I promise. Uh, uh, well, okay. Fair I, enough. I'm just curious, like these guys, especially privateers probably have a difficult time finding places to ride during the week. So every minute of track time is important. How, how what goes into deciding who rides press and is there like, like this at Arlington one, it seemed like every factory rider was out there, which is very unusual. There's not usually every single team. What goes into that decision and how do these guys, like, how do you pick who rides? Dark side's over here trying to get us in trouble. Yeah, no. I, I definitely did not say anything either, Sean. Yeah, it's, it's in my notes. It's in my notes I made before you guys even got here. I was just curious. What made me think of this was the fact that every factory rider was there Friday or uh, yeah, Friday, and that's very unusual. Yes, it, it was very unusual. Uh, and, yeah, this is a loaded question, so <laughs> I will do the best to be uh, as transparent as possible. Okay, that's um, fair. You know, realizing uh, I'd have to look at the entry list, but I think we're, you know, close to 70 uh, in the 250 class entrance, and then another – 50 or 60 in the 450 class. Does that sound about right? So 120 athletes? Sounds right, yeah. Sound about right? Right? So, you know, what people don't realize, and, and again, I was giving uh, Kyle, you know, a little bit, uh, just joking on the front end, but he has written me, uh, he wrote me a note, you know, asking about Atlanta. I mean, that's 120 to 1. It's just me that puts these together. Yeah. And every athlete wants to be part of our press day. Now, no, that, and I, I think, you know, Kate, I think you know me uh, well enough. Kyle, I'm not sure you do, but certainly Jamie. I've got a soft spot for all you guys. I hate being a jerk. I would love to have everybody ride as part of these. Uh, but it's impossible when you're, you know, you're dealing with over 100 athletes that really do want to be part of those press days. Um, so I'm going to scale it back a little bit. Because Kate has done a lot of early morning PR for me over the years. And what, you know, I think fans probably don't understand, and a lot of our athletes don't understand either, is that there's a lot of different types of media. Um, when we talk about media, we think about you, Jamie, Jason Wygant, Racer X, Motocross Action Magazine, Cycle News, all of our endemic press. And that is certainly one area that we cater to quite a bit. Uh, but I am always on the hunt and pitching and cultivating relationships with not only sports media, but national media. You know, the Anaheim, California uh, races are great for bringing celebrities in and getting lifestyle, pop culture type, kind of stories. Uh, but then there's local press. You know, there's local media in every market that we utilize, whether it's, you know, the sportscasters coming out and, you know, really reporting on the race from a aspect or if it's just general lifestyle you were talking about fan fest a couple minutes ago you know selling tickets you know local media uh we rely on local media to come out and tell the story and let people know 
whether they're a diehard fan and they want to come in and watch early qualifying or if they just want to come out and be part of a great experience. You know, that's a, a neat thing about Supercross is that everything we do is providing really uh, an experience for folks. So if you want to come and, and meet Kyle and Clade or Cade, uh, we want to give you that opportunity. This year is a little bit different. But there's different types of media, number one. Um, so if we go back to 2020, in years previous, you know, we have 17 events that we're promoting, and that is 17 mornings that typically I have riders out there in between 5 and 10 a.m. That's five hours of riding that I need action on the track because we have local television stations coming out and doing live look-ins, interviewing athletes, getting that first feel of the track and what it's going to look like and all of those things. Uh, and really, you know, telling the story that Supercross is in market and we've got tickets to sell to come on down. Um, this year with COVID, we're not doing that. So we're not inviting local stations out to the stadium. So that takes out one this year, uh, 17 rounds as opposed to what we're dealing with right now, which I'll talk to in a minute. And that's five hours that I really need riders and I depend on athletes I don't think Alex jumped in, uh, but Alex, he did all kinds of stuff for us last year. Cade did a lot of uh, press for us last year. I am so appreciative of that. Um, but the, the afternoon press days where we really have the track and the, <clears throat> the stadium is all branded, everything is ready to go for that afternoon media day that a lot of people you know, refer to as that media day. Uh, that has always been for the factory teams. That has always been uh, an agreement that, you know, five years ago, and, and it's still pretty consistent today, that everybody wants to interview the top riders, right? But there are so many stories that we have. Kate has a story. Kyle has a story. Uh, Kyle, congratulations on your Arena Cross Championship. That Thank you. That is a story, right? There are so many different stories out there. And, you know, Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon, and Cooper Webb cannot do and shouldn't be in a position to do all of the interviews, right? So we came up with, man, probably four years ago to, you know, spread the wealth uh, between all of the factory teams where they, from a logistical standpoint, from a budget standpoint, we divide up all of those media days so that we'll always have, you know, all of, you know, marquee athletes at every one of those media days. So that's one part of the equation. The second part of the equation is that I still have local broadcasters that want to come out. They always want to talk to the local athletes. So I need local athletes that are born and raised. Not so much this is my hometown race, but born and raised. And when we can find an athlete that is born and raised, you know, here in Dallas, we have a ton. We have overload of athletes here in Texas. That is not the case everywhere we go, but that is something that I pay attention to and I'm always trying to find that local athlete so that we can pitch uh, and have somebody locally that we can tell that story. Uh, we have Hispanic media. We have, uh, you know, Telemundo and Univision. Yeah. That I need bilingual athletes. You know, Martin Davalos does a lot of interviews for me uh, because, well, he's Martin Davalos, number one, but, you know, he's bilingual. Um, 
So there is a strategy that does go into all of this. And I know from the outside looking in, uh, especially on Fridays, you know, we used to do media days on Thursday and nobody wanted to come in early. Right. Yeah, I can see that. It was always like pulling teeth to get people to come in early. And then and again, you know, none of these decisions are ever made in a silo. You know, we, we, we talked to the teams. We came up with a plan. And again, from a budget and a logistics standpoint, the teams told us, you know, boy, if we can move media day till Friday, that still gives us, you know, Friday going into a Saturday race to get on, you know, afternoon news, afternoon programs, and, you know, the 10 o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news. So you still have Friday to push ticket sales leading into walk-up on Saturday. Yeah. So from that standpoint, Friday still works. It was also a home run with the athletes and with the teams. You know, that's one night of hotel, another night of hotel that they don't have to pay for. Uh, they don't have to fly in, you know, athletes and mechanics and everybody early another day. So what we run into now, though, is that everybody's in town on Friday. So as soon as everybody starts hearing bikes were, you know, firing up, it's like, oh, wait, there's a media day. We can ride. Let's right, go. Right. Everybody is in there. So, you know, the first thing I think that, you know, I would lo- like for you to understand is the different types of media. And there are different athletes that I lean upon to do certain interviews. There are um, different you know, story angles that come into play. And sometimes those are the day before, right? Because we are pitching stories all the time. And, you know, if uh, Telemundo, you know, says Thursday, late Thursday night that, hey, I need to come out, then that's me on the phone, you know, trying to find either Martin Davalos or Martin Costello or a Hardy Munoz that, you know, I know is bilingual, but also is not going to freeze on camera and be able to do a good interview. So, man, that is a long, long-winded answer. Uh, but I will tell you that it is tough. It is very tough on um, – I would love everybody, you know. And sometimes from the outside looking in, it, it appears like, oh, my goodness, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's open practice, which it is not. But at the same time, you know, this year, what is even more challenging is that for, we have four triple headers and we're only doing media day on the first Friday. So a lot of athletes even think that every race we're still doing early morning PR, which we're not. We're still doing a media day for each event, which we're not. For the triple headers, you know, that's what, 12 races, we're only doing four media days. So it's a very complicated process. And again, Kyle and Kate, uh, certainly, uh, you know, and your teammates, um, man, if I can't get you into a media day, know that, man, it's not personal. You guys have both done interviews for me. uh, And it's just the limits of COVID this year that's making it very, very difficult to accommodate everybody. 
Well, that, that at least makes more sense. It lets me know more. Wow, that stuff was I didn't a know. long question. That was hey, a long answer, wasn't that's, it? Buddy? But that's just like having, <laughs> when you have Kyle Chisholm or Max Anstey on. Like they, you ask one simple question, and they give you like a twenty-minute answer, and your show's over. That's all you needed. <laughs> I, I don't even have to prepare. You you did all the hard work. <laughs> as you do just about every day like i'm sure a lot of people think you know guys like you and the Feld guys like well we're here all week they probably just work saturday tuesday saturday but you're working like seven days eight days a week uh doing stuff like this and and lining out all the stuff you just talked about so uh, sean i appreciate everything you do for us i tell you that every time you're on um you you always make the moto Pod show feel like it's you know the the one of the leaders in podcasting and media and that that means a lot to me you're a big deal, dark side. It's okay. Yeah. I, I don't. He's, he's really he's he's earning his stripes, isn't he, Kate? He is. He's becoming a big deal. I'm tr- I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Sean, I wanted to ask. Uh, coming into Texas, you know, obviously Texas has like opened up as one of the more open states. Um, at like capacity and stuff like that. Has was there more fans here than the other races and. Is there ever a chance that, you know, when we go to Salt Lake or something that we're going to be able to possibly sell out one of these stadiums or is, is, are the rest of the rounds for sure going to be limited? And what about, you know, this round having more fans than the rest? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I think that Dark Side earning his stripes, he was the first one to text me as soon as the governor made uh, the announcement in Texas. Uh, what was that, last week or the week yeah, before? Yeah, I think it was the week before. I was excited. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You were the first one to text me, and a lot of others uh, followed suit quickly quickly after. But, now again, uh, I think uh, that it's fantastic that, you know, the state is opening up. You know, I live in Florida. We have been, you know, pretty much open uh, as well. Uh, so the more – you know, places that open and, and again, the vaccines uh, that are taking place. And, you know, it was a year ago right now that all of us were sitting at home. Indianapolis was canceled. Some of us flew. I think, Kate, I think you were about to get on an airplane, right? I was in the boarding area. <laughs> I was ready you to get on. You were in the boarding area, right? <laughs> I was already in market. Uh, I was already doing local TV. We had a local athlete from Indianapolis. Uh, I was in, you know, in there early, which I am for every race. Uh, Thursday, Thursday morning, we're uh, at a TV station in the studio at 7 a.m. Uh, and by the time we got to our second station at 9, uh, we knew that the governor in Indianapolis was going to make a statement later on that day. Uh, I had a third stop that morning. Uh, that I ended up having to schedule or to cancel, which we never, ever like to do. Uh, but at that point, we didn't know what the governor was going to say. So we didn't want to tell fans one thing, and then four hours later, the governor comes out and you know says something completely different. Uh, but then I think everybody knows what happened next. And, man, Friday morning, we are all headed home. It was a done deal. So... The reason for bringing all of that up is that was a year ago this week. And, you know, to be where we are right now and seemingly, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. And let me you know, be open with that. But I think every day we're getting further and further away from where we were and into, you know, more positive territory. 
Um, when we went into the season and we put the schedule together, uh, most of the stadiums that we're working with then were about 20, 25% capacity. But even that changed when we got to Houston, that ended up going to about 12 and a half percent while we were there. So, uh, Houston ended up being about 12.5. Indianapolis, we ended up being, we had, um, or Houston was 12.5%. Indianapolis ended up being 12,500. So they had a definitive number that they gave us. Um, and that continued to fluctuate. So we're still at 15% capacity here in Dallas. Uh, that is still what the stadium uh, is comfortable with. Uh, knowing that we're not out of the woods yet. Um, and then for the upcoming races, uh, that hasn't been lifted as of yet, but it is certainly our hope that, you know, we're able to increase it um, at least a little bit. But no, we're not going to be able to, when we get to Salt Lake City, uh, be at 100%. And there's several reasons for that. We're halfway into our season, and what we're doing is working. So again, our commitment to you athletes is to keep you safe, keep you in a bubble, and help all of you get through this championship. Uh, secondly, to our fans, we want them to be safe as well. So again, kind of like you, know, you brought up a dark side a little bit. There's a lot of a lot of fans out there that want it 100% open. We're ready to go. Let's go. Uh, but there are others that you know still want to adhere and make sure that everything that we're doing from contactless shopping to pod seating uh, to sanitization are all still there until everybody is vaccinated and we're 100% out of this pandemic. So for us, we're going to stay the course. We're almost 11 races in a 17 race championship. It doesn't make any sense for us to change up what we're doing right now. Uh, but then secondly, a whole other thing, you know, Dallas Stadium or AT&T Stadium here in Dallas, what is the capacity? Do you know, Jamie? I don't. 5,000? Yeah, I think it's somewhere near 80. So it's it's one of the biggest in the country. I think it's eighty two to 85,000 range. I don't know why and, that many people would ever want to go see the Cowboys play, but whatever. <laughs> Niners Nation. But, you know, typically it takes at least six weeks to work with our ticketing partner and what they call scale the house. You know, there's obviously different uh, seating and price structures within a stadium. And that process to do everything behind the scenes, I mean, that's usually at least a six-week process. Oh, wow. So okay. you combine that with pod seating where you are trying to make it well you're you're really trying to guesstimate my goodness how many twos do you think will sell how many fours how many sixes how many eights you're really trying you know and all of our promoters out there did a, a fantastic um you know job as well as with our ticketing partners and analyzing you know past ticket buying habits to try and come up with because we didn't know uh, we could have gone into every round and only sold 10 tickets. We didn't know. Um, so they really tried to project how many pods would be needed uh, to accommodate everybody. So to be able to just, you know, turn that switch and break that all up and 
and rescale the house, if you will, then you can't do that in a week. <laughs> so yeah. even even if, you know, AT&T Stadium said to us, hey, you know, full capacity, let's go. We couldn't do it that quickly on the back end uh, because we just cannot do it that, that fast. Um, but first and foremost, again, we're 11 rounds in, and what we're doing is working. And it's our commitment to our athletes to get them through the championship, allow the ones that – or allow everybody, you know, to, to finish the season. Uh, but, again, to the fans uh, to make sure that they're comfortable with coming back out uh, and being safe uh, to do so. Well, that's uh, again that that explains. I, I was wondering the same thing, Kate, about the full capacity because in my mind it's like just sell the damn tickets. It seems seems that simple, but yeah, all that behind the scenes stuff, man, that you always give us. I appreciate all the great information and you giving us some time tonight, Sean. And um, I uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow and we go racing again. We go racing tomorrow, Super Tuesday. Super, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. I, I love, love it. it, and you know someday. You know, I, I don't know that the Super Tuesdays, you know, will be around forever. I think, uh, you know, I think these triple headers have been very unique. Uh, but, boy, I love that we're going racing on a Tuesday. I loved it in Salt Lake City when we were going racing on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, it is. It is tomorrow, and here we go again. So, but, but no, man, you know, privateers you guys i believe me i understand the struggle man and anything that i can do to help you guys out i am there for you first and foremost uh i want you to know that uh again i'm appreciative of everything that you have done for me and and will be doing because i know i'll be calling on both of you guys uh, at some point uh but please this season man please give me a pass give me a break <laughs> if i can't get you in for a media day just know that there is uh, a lot that goes into those decisions and it's just impossible to accommodate uh, everybody uh, that's all good sean i i appreciate your help um thank you and yeah can't wait to see you tomorrow yeah man Fantastic. i appreciate appreciate the honest answer and uh yeah it's no stress i know how i know how the pro- uh, process is so thank you it's all business man but sean thank you so much man i'll see you tomorrow Hey, one of the quick things, because I would love to have Cade uh, and Kyle part of our St. Jude. Or, hey, I think you already are, aren't you? Yeah, I already did it. I did it at Houston, so I'm in. Yeah, you did it at Houston. Uh, so, so Kyle, uh, I would love to get you in a T-shirt and have you part of the movement. Uh, we're kicking that back up this week. So, Jamie, I'd love for you to, uh, to talk about it. Yep. Uh, man, my goodness, the fans have, have, have risen to the – occasion once again as they always do uh but you know what there's still a lot of work left to be done uh and we're able in orlando to to capture some of the athletes uh you know uh some of our 250 athletes uh racing in the west kyle i'm not sure uh, we're able to get you uh and capture pictures yet certainly love to get a t-shirt to you uh, and have you join that movement as well but again a big thanks to all of the fans and all of our athletes who have been helping to promote this and create awareness for the kids of St. Jude, uh, the work does not stop. 
Yeah, absolutely. I uh, you talked to me about that a little bit at Houston and didn't have a T-shirt my size. Uh, hashtag we won't stop, man. On you know things rolling along. All the Supercross fans are so supportive of that in St. Jude's. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would be honored to wear one of the shirts, and I know Kyle would too. You know, he was just he was busy winning an arena cross championship, but he's uh, I know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, dude, yeah, Sean, so hit me I have up. a restock of shirts, so let me know your size. All right, man. I'll uh, yeah, I'll text you about it, and thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, awesome. I'd you absolutely love to be a part of that, and uh, yeah, thank you. You are welcome. Great, great chatting with all you guys here today, man. You too, Sean. You were the reason I even did this to begin with, because I was sort of going to bail on a show this week, and you you kind of gave me crap about that. So you were right, and I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, motivating me to do a show since Steve screwed my schedule up. But thanks again, man. We we work more. We work more. Yes, yes. <laughs> we won't stop. That's right, buddy. We won't All right. stop. All right, Sean. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. See you. Bye. All right, Sean Brennan, Feld Entertainment. I uh, appreciate him coming on. All right, guys, so um, I know you're probably ready to get out of here. You guys have some go-karting to go do and probably some food to get. But just real quick, let's finish with the topic earlier, privateer life. It's not all fun and games, Kate. I mean, like, people – there's you hear guys call into the Pulp Show or whatever, like, oh, how do I become a mechanic? How do I get into the industry? Kids, like, I want to be a professional racer. Well, there's minimal spots in those – you know, full on factory pro rides. You guys are the work. You're the laborers of the sport, man. I mean, you're it. It's you're not making a fortune. No, but I, it's just so fun. Yeah, like, I think that's what keeps a lot of these guys going, and especially myself too. Like, I don't make a ton of money, and but it's so fun and enjoyable that it's like I can go get a normal job whenever I feel the need to, and you know I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So I'd rather make whatever amount of money it is so I can keep going and just keep having fun and keep grinding. I, uh, I just enjoy it too much to, to quit on it. Yeah. But I think I, I would assume a lot of the casual fans believe you're on a small team, but you're on a team. So they probably think the team flies you here. The team puts you in a hotel. The team pays for your car. The team probably pays for, pays for your chick to get here, pays your meals. I, I don't Not think a that's thing. the case. Not a thing. I yeah. mean, they help me out with a lot. Like like bikes uh, and... Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're helping me out more with stuff this year, too, um, than we even agreed on because the team's doing pretty well. And so I'm stoked on that. You know, if Julian gets a little bit more help, he always steps up and helps us in any way that he can. So it's uh, it's been really good this year. But, I mean, by no means am I like you know, on the same range as Eli or anything right. like that. You know, uh, a lot of the money goes into promotion, just trying to make everything happen, let alone pay for us. Like, you know, I pay my own entry fees and pay for my own flights and all that stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. But like I said, I mean, I'd rather do that than not get to go racing. Yeah. And did I hear you have merch now? Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Talk merch. about that. Yeah. The guys from Privateer Radco um, hit up myself, Gardner and Paul Telly. 450 guys who had scored points that didn't have their own merch and uh you know actually fronted getting all the shirts and stuff for us and you know we get a big chunk of uh the money that comes back from that and uh yeah it's been really good people have stepped up and uh got some of it and the quality of it's really good too and uh i mean i like it yeah well, i, I, I feel weird order. wearing my own shirt sure, around sure. i've got a hoodie that i wear it's just like my last name and number so i'm yeah. okay with that but that's really about it 
Yeah, I need to place an order. I heard about it Saturday. I think Steve was talking about it, or uh, somebody was talking about it. Wow, you don't even follow me on Instagram. I've posted I about it like I 10 times. Big, big merch guy over here. Big yeah, merch guy. I, well, I do follow you, Cade. I just clearly don't necessarily see every <laughs> clearly everybody. Look, I just said I was going to order. I mean, are we, are we going to keep this? We do this? Kyle, how about you, man? Uh, well, let's go back to Privateer Life. Uh, yeah. Again, Arena Cross champion. Um, the champ. You probably aren't making enough to go buy like a, a Maserati, though. Yeah, no. Um, no, but I, I'm super lucky. Uh, the Phoenix Racing Honda team is David Eller, all the guys over there. Um, I'm lucky enough that they kind of cover my expenses. They they kind of get me to the races and and get me what I need to to do my job. So I'm I'm super lucky and blessed to have them behind me. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm privateer life, uh, but at the same time, um, he really takes care of me. Takes care of me. Uh, Honda helps out with the team as well, so we get um, communication with them, uh, some parts and, and yeah. whatnot, and bikes. So um, really like. We're a little bit privateer, but we're kind of up and coming. Um, but yeah, in the past for sure, uh, I've been privateer life and paid for everything. And, and KP and I used to be teammates, dude. Way, yeah, how long? When was that? Fourteen. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For, privateer for, life. First time I met <laughs> privateer Kate, I was like, dude, this kid. <laughs> I was yeah. wild, bro. Really, dude? I didn't know how to ride a supercross track to save my life. Oh wow, man! See, I don't see. I can't. It's hard for me to picture you that way. Imagine like a Hardy Munoz. <laughs> Cade looped out over a triple at Daytona. No way. I okay. I like <laughs> I hit like a weird kicker and it just the front end was just sky high. Yeah. And I didn't learn how to control the Cade air yet, so I just let go. <laughs> <laughs> Mid flight, just let go. That's bike awesome. bike goes cartwheeling over the burn. Yeah, just at just Daytona. Go, just go watch the 2014 crash highlights and Kate yeah. is in most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so many, man. Uh, I'll be searching that out after the podcast. That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you coming over here, doing the first ever live remote. Well, it's not really live, but pre-recorded remote. <laughs> so that, appreciate you, Kate. We're taking you to the top, dark side. Taking me to the there top. Down with the pulp mix. Well, I can't say down with it because I do the wrap-up show and that is a little it's bit. It's like half your paycheck. It's a little bro. bit of my budget. So... The the massive, massive amount of money that Steve pays me. I never got, I never, you know, you never paid your invoice, by the way. I don't, I don't think I got one. Send no, it to you Steve. got one. <laughs> Send it to Steve. <laughs> that all falls under pulpamex.com. Okay. Yeah. I'll forward it. Kyle, thanks, man. No, Appreciate thank it. It was you. really I, great I, getting to talk to you. And uh, I think you guys are probably both going on my fantasy team tomorrow. So just keep that in the mind. We'll, I got during, a fr- we'll make you proud. During heat races. I got a fresh motor. Oh, shit. We're you're going def- right you're to definitely the top. going in then. Right to the top. And. No flat. Well, yeah, no flats. I mean, it don't matter. I make it either way. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That. All right, guys. Once again, I want to thank a Cherby's USA, Extreme Colors, Williams Moto Works, Berm Lords Graphics, R Jerky. You guys ever try? You guys know the Wagemans very well? I, no? I've tried it one time. I was at the pulp show. Yeah, dude. I, I'm a big jerky guy, so that stuff's awesome. I'm definitely going to have to get some. Yeah, yeah. Use Well, if you do, use Moto X Pod, you know, code Moto X Pod Show 21. Uh, Cherby's USA, X Brand Goggles. Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, and Power Band Racing for all you WP suspension guys. Thanks for the support. Uh, yeah, I think this was fun, man. I think it went pretty well. So, oh, absolutely. As well as it could. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I barely had to talk when Sean was there. It was great. Yeah, dude, you see. know, like I asked Kyle Chisholm a question in the press conference the other day because I knew all I got to do is ask one simple question and Kyle will talk for 15 minutes. Why was Chiz at the press conference? It was the Sunday. They do like a. They just take random guys 
Um, it was like him and Max, and that was kind of yeah, amazing. not you guys. Sorry, never caught an invite. Talk to Sean, man. I mean, I get it. I'm not a big enough deal. I <laughs> uh, see, and I, I disagree with that, but huh? I'm, a, I'm an A practice guy now, dude. I, I right know. to the That's top. Yeah. So maybe, maybe next weekend you'll be on the the Sunday press conference. Probably not. Up and coming. Yeah, Kate Clayson. Up and coming. <laughs> they should do more stuff. I man, I've been here for do. like ten years, dude. <laughs> Like the science is super cross, Kawasaki science is super cross, and those little things they do during the race are kind of cool. I wish they would do rider profiles, like privateer rider profiles, guys that are making night shows, you know, pretty much weekly that the fans never get a chance to know, like a little behind the scenes stuff with you and your wife or whatever. For sure. People can be like, oh, that guy's kind of cool. Because honestly, if not for Pulpamex, before I ever started doing this stuff, I wouldn't know who guys like yourself and Alex Ray and Adam McTenap are. And the average fan doesn't, if they don't listen to Pulp, they don't know. I think it, like if the average fan can get into like, you know, long form podcasts like yeah. that, it's makes it a lot easier. I think at Supercross, it's hard because it's such a short show. Like sure. Supercross is what, three hours long? Yep. So it's hard to cram the stuff that they have to do in with stuff that they want to do. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I just, I, I think it'd be cool if a sponsor would, pick that up you know and, and like i don't know i think a, a three minute clip of just a little behind the scenes stuff with you or think i mean uh, an a ray or, or whoever you know i mean but it's like are they going to change that every round because yeah. then people in dallas are going to know who a ray is and TV, people so in it'd be on tv so the guys oh, on man. tv would see that every week they're like, not going like to waste a Supercross. three minute slot on a ray <laughs> <laughs> well then nobody's i don't I, I disagree i think they should i think it'd be good for the guys everybody knows who eli is and all that crap but you guys are part of there's no show without you guys. There probably still would be. The main uh, event well, would just be ten people instead of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine. We're done. We're out of here. That's it for episode one ninety three. Damn, seven more and we're gonna be at two hundred. I gotta figure out what we're gonna do for show two hundred. But other than that, um I gotta pick a winner still for the fly podium stand and the R jerky giveaway. I was supposed to do that for this show. So maybe I'll pause this and come back with a winner and at the end of this. So hang tight. I'll probably do that after I let these guys go. So other than that, we're out of here. See ya. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that show. Uh, it was a lot of fun having those guys here face-to-face, uh, -face, getting to talk to them a little bit. Uh, thanks to Sean Brennan for coming on, Kyle Peters and Cade Clayson for coming in studio or in the hotel room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but our, our winners from the contest, I appreciate everybody that entered, had a lot of cool entries as you may recall we were giving away fly podium stand it was a question that was after pedro gonzalez came on i wanted to know what his best finish of uh, his first year was where he finished who won the race and the winner for that for the fly podium fly racing podium stand is dustin lafave so i appreciate you guys all entering and sending in the answers we got a whole bunch dustin you were picked to win that and then we're giving away a set of or a package of the sizzling hot R jerky, thanks to the Wagemans. And that question came from Kenny Taco Bell when he was in studio. He gave us a little story of something that happened with A Ray when they first started living together, which was, of course, A Ray, like the first week he lives there. Kenny Taco Bell comes to his door butt ass naked. Pretty funny story. And then I kind of say, hey, give me a funny story that happened to you while you're answering this question. And our winner is Trey Trey Heath. Sorry about that. Uh, and here's his email. Of course, he says, Kenny came to the door naked. And the, the weirdest thing I have ever done was tell my little sister when she's walked in my room that I was tickling my girlfriend. Yeah, you can figure it out. 
I appreciate you entering. Trey, I need both of you guys, Dustin and Trey, I need you to send me through the email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Send me your shipping addresses. I will get that stuff taken care of once I get back home here in a few days, probably the end of the week. Uh, and yeah, so I appreciate everybody hit us up at the, at the email let us know what you think or hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, follow us, subscribe to the YouTube channel, go to patreon.com and support the show. If you can, it really means a lot. So, all right. Other than that, I'm out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Thanks.